there. Just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast or even watch it on YouTube. I would love to hear what you think. I would love to get any suggestions and understand what kind of content you're looking forward to hearing more about. So please rate, please comment, please subscribe. And if you leave a review for the podcast, you'll get a freebie for efficient goal setting. So make sure to do that. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi there. Just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast or even watch it on YouTube. I would love to hear what you think. I would love to get any suggestions and understand what kind of content you're looking forward to to hearing more about. So please rate, please comment, please subscribe. And if you leave a review for the podcast, you'll get a freebie for efficient goal setting. So make sure to do that. Welcome to the podcast, She is Fab, where we discuss all things fab, women empowerment, and life coaching. My name is Evelyn, also known as the Fab Chief Desk, and I am a mindset transformation coach. Welcome to another episode of the She Is Fab podcast. My name is Evelyn, your host, Mindset Transformation Coach. Today, I am joined by Sarah Mills, who is a self-taught illustrator. Sarah answered the call when she found dog bonds as a job posting. She's now working on several of the custom illustrations for Kickstarter backers. And she's a leader of the project and helps to lift female voices up in the industry. Welcome, Sarah. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to have you. So tell us a little bit about you and what you do at Dogs Bonds. 
So, uh, like you said, my name is Sarah Mills. Um, I am a freelance illustrator. I've been working since probably uh, as a main thing since 2016. Um, I've been working with Alex and Dogs Bond since uh, 2019 September. Um, so it's been, it's, this project has been a long time coming. Um, I like to, like, I, I enjoy with my work, um, uh, some stuff that's grounded in reality, but has a little bit of twist of unreality to it, either bright colors or fantastic compositions. Um, and so uh, my work with Dogs Bond is basically developing the art direction, doing all of the illustrations, um, taking the, like, the vibes that we want, um, as a team for the player to experience and translating that into a painting. Um, I'm responsible totally for the art development and it's been a huge long project, but I'm, I'm very proud of what we've come up with. That's amazing. I mean, you're in a, in a leadership role, right? Basically the creative art director, so to speak, right? Yeah. Where you're yeah. managing and setting everything into motion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's um, I, I have been in control of uh, small teams in the past and I'm, you know, I wouldn't say I'm in control of a team necessarily in this, but it is definitely, um, you know, this, this game, we, there are three of us mostly on the team. Alex, uh, Alex Liu did the game design. Um, Kiki Vorce, my dear friend did the graphic design and I've done the illustration. And so the three of us are really, um, able to take full responsibility and total control over those three domains within the project. Um, and it really is like a, a perfect synthesis of all of our skill sets, but it's, you have to take, like I said, total responsibility um, for what the game looks like. Um, So that has been, uh, (laughs) like I said, I've worked with small teams before, but this has been a totally different thing to be, you know, top to bottom and in control of what the illustrations look like. Mm -hmm. You can say there's pros and cons, right? To working within a small team versus a larger team. With Mm -hmm. a larger group, there can be, you know, some loss of translation and communication on how things are to be done. There's less control. With a smaller Mm -hmm. team, the onus is more on you, but you have more control and visibility. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's been great to be able to make those, those decisions. Um, you know, we, we kind of try to make them as a team, right? But I'm the, the art director, you know, I'm the one with final say of what the illustrations look like. And so mm-hmm. it's great to be able to, you know, we have that back and forth. I never feel like I get to say, oh, I'm the illustrator. What I say goes, you know, if I, if I present an illustration and anybody says, Hey, that's not quite reading, then, you know, I have, I have to take that feedback. Um, and they, they get to put their, you know, whatever their hang up is in non artist terms, you know, just as somebody who like Alex, for example, is, you know, Kiki is a designer and illustrator and working in graphic design. She also has that visual mindset. So it's a little easier. Um, but with mm-hmm. Alex, with him having no art background whatsoever, he just has to, he, he tells me like, this doesn't feel happy enough, or this doesn't feel, um, this feels too severe or too dramatic, you know, and, and I have to try and take that and translate it into, you know, what does that mean? Literally, what do I change in the image, you know, or the color or the composition? Um, and then at the end of the day, that's, I, I have to give 110% to make sure that it looks right. I've taken full mm-hmm. responsibility of the project because again, it's totally on me. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's backtrack a little bit, right? We know you're an illustrator and you're the director, art director, right, for this endeavor. But what is 
Dogs Bond. Tell us about that. <laughs> dogs Bond is a board game where you take on the role of a rescue dog at a shelter trying to get adopted into one of six forever homes. Um, it is an all ages game that plays uh, for, we've got up to six players. Um, it is, a, it's super cute. Um, it's, it is, I really like the balance of, um, it is a fun casual game, but there's just enough strategy in there that you can really get, get competitive if you have the right group of people around the table. Um, it's, you know, there, it, it is a very positive, uplifting kind of game, um, bright and colorful and fun. Um, and I'm, I'm very proud of it. It is Alex's first game design and it is our, as a team, our first board game that we've put into motion. Um, we successfully crowdfunded on Kickstarter in September of 2020. And we're hoping, <laughs> you know, uh, there's all that shipping stuff going on. And, uh, we've had some, some delays, obviously, with the pandemic and Chinese mm -hmm. New Year and all this stuff. Um, but we are aiming, fingers crossed, to, uh, ship out in May of 2021. Gotcha. So are you still taking pre-orders or orders in general for the yes. board game? Yes, we are taking pre-orders. Um, you can go to uh, dogsbondgame.com to find our pre-orders page or go to the, the Kickstarter is also linked on there. I don't have that URL memorized, but, <laughs> but dogsbondgame.com, you can find our pre-orders. Awesome. And we're going to put all the details to one, how to connect with Sarah, but also how to find more about Dogs Bond in the podcast details and YouTube details. So look forward to that. Um, I have to ask, I love the theme. I have pets myself. I have a dog and a cat for those that don't know. Aww. And when Alex first told me about this, I was like, that sounds amazing. Alex is a pet owner. You want all pets to have a home. And if I were yeah. rich, I'd probably have a farm with a bunch of animals, but I'm not. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> so I love the theme. I love where you guys went with that. What inspired you guys to create a board game on this topic in particular? Well, so um, Alex has, uh, you know, he's, he's a dog lover. Um, he unfortunately lives in an apartment where he can't have dogs currently. Um, but he volunteers with his local SPCA. Um, it's just something that he wanted to, you know, it, it just speaks to the core message. Um, even everything about the game is built to kind of, he likes to, you know, get people off phones and more to interact with one another. He wanted something that could connect with, you know, both the adults, keep the adults entertained, but also get the kids involved, you know, just bringing people together. Um, and, the theme of, you know, matching dogs with their adopters, um, being, being a dog lover, you don't see a lot of friendly dog games and board games. You know, you see dogs in board games, but they're usually, they're just like a companion or there's some games where the dogs are really aggressive and there's nothing really, you know, this is a game where you play as a dog, you put yourself in the dog's mindset and everything is, you know, it's kind of fun and frenetic and it feels very, you know, like, like, dogs playing. Um, and it was just, I think he, being somebody who works in rescue and also a board game lover, saw that something was missing there. You know, there's, we're not thinking about dogs enough. Um, Alex tells a story about, you know, working in rescue, you find adopters that come and say like, you know, I want dogs that are totally ready to go. You know, I want them completely trained. I want them to, you know, be just as happy with me taking a hike as they are on the couch. You know, I want a perfect dog and you have to turn around and say, okay, but what are you going to do to be a good dog owner? Like, how are you going to prove to this dog that you're, you're a good companion? Um, and so I think, I think all of those things percolating, I know Alex had been working on it for a few years before he got artists and designers on board. Um, but like all, I think he, he just saw 
a need more from, you know, I, I think he, he saw a need for furthering the conversation about rescue in a positive way. And the language that he speaks is board game design <laughs> in his brain. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's where it came from. I love that. I love that he, you know, put this together. He brought on a team to bring to light a vision that marries, you know, what he believes in and mm -hmm. does in his personal life, right? Mm -hmm. He's a, a designer, a game designer. And then on top of that, he volunteers at animal shelters. And then there's the fact that he wants to, like you said, get folks away from being on their screens all the time and interacting with each other authentically. And that's a mm -hmm. fun way to do it. That also has a positive message. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and I also am, I'm the world's biggest dog lover. I know that that's, I'm sure there are many, many world's biggest dog lovers. But, um, <laughs> speaking of dogs, my, sorry, if, uh, can you hear my dog in the background now? He's pawing around at me. I think he wants some attention. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. I do, you know, do a fair amount of these videos and I'm always talking about like, I, you know, we really want to uplift dogs and, you know, just the conversation about positive dog ownership. Meanwhile, my dog's in the background, like, <laughs> tapping his watch like oh oh do you do you want to be a good dog owner why don't you pay attention to me um <laughs> anyway. well then i'm just as guilty because obviously with these recordings i have my pets locked away in the rooms so they don't interfere as much <laughs> that's a good idea yeah <laughs> uh, sometimes i will you know turn him away but he will get really insistent at like knocking on the door and just mm -hmm. scratching at it and oh you know. <laughs> yeah, well, no, he's not not being a nuisance. I don't okay, hear great. him and I don't see him, so it's fine. Don't worry. Great, okay. <laughs> for those of you who are listening, if you hear something, deal with it, okay? These are our pets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a, a big part of our lives, yeah. You know, exactly. and he... Uh, I, I could bring him uh, into more interviews because he actually, um, one of the breeds, so you play as a dog, we have eight different dog breeds. One of the breeds is a Boston Terrier and my dog Leo is a Boston. So I had him, uh, whenever we needed to do a Boston Terrier illustration, I would take him and uh, either we'd go out in the backyard and play a little bit and do a little photo shoot for reference images. Or um, we have one card, I think it's called the cutest look where um, it's basically the card is of a dog, like begging, please, please adopt me. Um, and it's Aww. supposed to be like those puppy dog eyes. And so mm -hmm. I took poor little Leo and put him in the bathtub, made him think he was going to get a bath, which is not his favorite. <laughs> and then snapped a picture of the face he was making at me that was like, please, no, please let me out of here. I don't want to take a bath. <laughs> and I got to use that photo that. painted on the card. <laughs> That's so creative. I love that. Our, our pets don't always, you know, sit still or behave for photo shoots. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you my girl, I have to give her treats to make up for uh, locking Aww. her in the room for these sessions. <laughs> yeah, I bet there's a little, a little apology session. Be like, I'm so sorry. You're so well yes. behaved. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to ask, and I probably know the answer to this already, uh -huh. but uh, you saw the, the posting for the job. Were you inspired to apply because you have a pet and because you love animals as well? Um. Yeah. So it, it is, you know, being a freelance artist, um, I do a lot of, you know, I, I have clients that I can kind of fall back on, but I do a lot of um, lead acquisition, just spending my time, you know, trolling job boards and, and looking at connections and networking. Um, so I apply for a lot of things. But when I saw that somebody, um, first of all, was a first time developer, which always like, I, I want to help people, you know, I want to, if you're a first timer, and I can maybe give some advice or pull you in a little bit, i that's, you know, my, my kryptonite. Um, 
And also they were doing a project about dogs, which as I mentioned, being the world's biggest dog person, there's no way to say no. Um, Mm -hmm. And then also um, that he wanted the project to benefit real rescues and real shelters, which we have partnered with so far in the project. Um, And that was just like, there was, there was no way I couldn't apply. Um, You know, there were some, uh, Alex had a big long form of um, questions and you know, like essay questions for me, but also questions for, you know, that he had, um, or, or that questions for me and questions for him in terms of like, what, here's a problem I'm having basically of like, what the art direction, how would you go about this and this problem? Um, and it was a very, very involved interview process before I even talked with him, (laughs) you know, usually Mm -hmm. calls out like, uh, for first timers are just like, Hey, um, I need an artist. Eh? <laughs> send me your email. <laughs> like that's kind of it. Um, you know, nobody has budget, nobody has timeline, nobody's thought about it, but Alex was very clearly like, this is, this is the mission statement. This is the vibe that I want for the game. Um, this is the timeline that I have. And then here's a link to a form to fill out with like, tell me your rates, tell me everything about you, you know, tell me what you think of, of this problem that I'm having. Um, and I could tell that this wasn't just, somebody who was thinking about maybe I'm going to start doing something. It, it wasn't somebody just putting speculative questions out there to see if they could get artists on the hook. This was like, I, I want to go now. Um, mm-hmm. Which was, uh, it was very appealing to me. Um, somebody who wasn't just like, you know, eh, you know, maybe eh, dog game. That would be cute. It was like, no, I have, I have a very specific vision. I love these animals. I want to help and I want to get started. And I was like, yes, Totally, <laughs> totally in on it. Um, so I put my application in and um, I actually, um, I think Alex must have gotten a lot of responses because it was about a month after I put my application in. I got an email back um, that said, thank you so much. You've had so much interest or going through them one by one. I promise I'll get back to you. And my first response was like, what did I apply for? <laughs> <laughs> Like I send a lot of these out. I don't exactly remember. Um, but then, you know, seeing the email dogs, I'm like, Oh yeah. Dog thing. You know, I was so excited. Um, I even, um, I pulled all of my old, uh, like I've, you know, being a dog lover, I've done a lot of dog paintings and pet portraits. Um, I pulled all of those. I put them in an email. Um, I even did a new painting of my dog, just a little study to, you know, just like throw in there as an extra thing. Um, Mm -hmm. I was uh, the, the animal aspect and the charity aspect was definitely very appealing to me. Yeah, I mean, that sounds amazing, because it really shows you that he was serious about it, right? All the effort that he put into drafting, you know, what it's what the vision is about, and then asking you all these questions, there's a purpose in it, right? There's a method to the madness. Mm -hmm. But additionally, you mentioned that you guys partnered, or are partnering with various shelters. Tell me more about that. Yeah. So, um, before we even hit Kickstarter, um, Alex reached out to hundreds of rescues, um, across the United States and also internationally. Um, we wanted to, uh, we wanted them to join the pack basically, um, of, you know, we, we want to speak to not just board gamers, but people who, this is a gateway game. This is not just for somebody who's really entrenched in the board game scene. You know, this is for families and people who are passionate about dogs and rescue dogs. Um, so it was very much a, Hey, we have something that we think that y'all and your people will be interested in. Um, but also we want to give part of our revenue back whenever we sell this, um, not just through affiliate links, but also through promoting them. We have them on our website. We have them, um, listed. I think there's a section in the rule book with our partner rescues. Um, you know, just, just 
we, we gave them uh, graphics um, to post on social media. We're just, just trying to be supportive um, as best we can. Um, and like I said, uh, sales of the game are directly going to, a percentage of sales of the game are directly going to some of these rescues. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you pre-order Dogs Bond, you are not just getting a game and having a fun time with these, you know, pretend rescue dogs. You're actually, part of your money is going to help real life animals. Um, which is, it's, it's perfect to me. <laughs> that's, that's the part that gets me most excited, honestly. That is so important and speaks to my heart, you know, as an animal owner myself. Mm-hmm. And I've had all sorts of pets growing up, not just dogs and cats, but you see a lot of animals that are in shelters, right? That they're giving up, given up for one reason or another. And you have to wonder, you know, are all these pets getting adopted or are they essentially being euthanized after a point. And it's it's so sad to think about that. So for me, what is so great about this is that you guys are tackling a couple of issues here, right? You're tackling the social interaction with individuals. You're tackling animal adoption. And on top of that, you're partnering with shelters, which increases the visibility, increases the motivation for people to continue to adopt and seek out the pets in the shelter. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, we've had a couple of reactions, um, before the game was fully fleshed out. Um, Alex and I met, uh, briefly, it was in, we started working together in September of 2019 and in December, 2019, he actually flew all the way out, um, from California to North Carolina where I live. Um, and we got to hang out in board game shops and test the game and talk with other gamers. Um, and that was before we had really any visuals. The game was still on um, like handmade index cards or like cardstock. Um, mm-hmm. And whenever we would pitch it without any visuals or colors or, or energy, um, you would say making a board game about shelter dogs. And sometimes people would go like, oh, you know, that's that's sad, you know, thinking mm-hmm. about animals in the shelter. And, you know, it, you can think of it as sad. You know, of course, you don't want to think that animals don't have homes. but if you shift the focus a little bit to these animals have another chance, you know, they, you can help them. You can reach out and this, this experience of going to the animal shelter does not have to be depressing. You know, it's can be a fun, happy place full of animals who are about to meet their forever families. And so the, you know, the, the color, the energy, the, every part of the branding and the marketing um, we want to, we, we don't want the first thing people think when they hear about an animal shelter to be like, oh, no, homeless animals. You know, we want to think of like, this is a place where, you know, it's a happy experience. It's a hopeful experience. Um, it's a place where you can feel free to go and get involved, you know, help go and just a lot of animals just, you know, you can just go and, and pet them and spend some quality time with them. And, you know, you don't have to do any of the, the difficult stuff. Um, but if you want to do the difficult stuff, like, you know, the cleaning and uh, doing all that paperwork, you know, you're... It, it is not just depressing. It's the the reward of getting that animal to go to a forever home is is mm-hmm. it so far outweighs the difficult parts. Sarah, you said that so well. For those <laughs> of you, you listening or watching, rewind and listen to that again <laughs> because Sarah just took what I mentioned about you know the sad part about oh they're gonna have a home and probable euthanization. And she spun it for the positive. We're all about mindset here. So that is a great skill, Sarah, that you spun that and really showcased the positive aspects of the game and what you guys are putting out there. Thank you. You're welcome. 
So you, Alex, and I apologies, um, the third designer. Kiki. <laughs> I forgot her yeah. name. Kiki. Yes. Uh, you guys are essentially an entrepreneurial uh, trio, right? Because you're such a small team. Uh, was this, is this your first segue into such an endeavor, having such a small group where you're really involved in the entrepreneurial aspects from day one? Um, for me, for me, not necessarily. Um, I have been, so I've been a freelancer. Um, my, my whole career has just been remote. Um, that's, that's how it worked. A remote, small team, small businesses. Um, and that's really where I thrive. Um, because, you know, on a small team, often you don't have the marketing department. You don't have the accounting department. It's you have to share, you know, roles and responsibilities with everybody and you have to learn a little bit of everything. Um, and I really thrive doing that. I'm so, curious and so nosy about how like everything works, um, in a team and in a project. So, um, you know, my, my experience has been with, um, thinking about businesses kind of holistically and projects holistically, um, and making sure, you know, every, every puzzle piece kind of works to uplift the other, the other parts of the business and everything works together. Um, and so, uh, for Alex is also, um, he's a freelancer, um, day job is nothing like, you know, my, my freelancing is all creative business as an artist. Um, but for him, it's more like corporate stuff in Silicon Valley. Um, and Kiki has worked in, this is for sure her first foray into, you know, thinking of a business this way because she's done uh, corporate design, um, most, most of her career. So, um, you know, we've had, we have varying levels of experience, but the thing that we all had in common was the, uh, perhaps foolhardy, uh, lack of fear for getting our hands dirty, <laughs> you know, running mm -hmm. headlong into, you know, n not afraid to be bad at new things. Um, Alex says that he, you know, about this project, he wanted to suck at something new. Um, which, you know, I, I felt, I feel that way a lot of the time <laughs> in my work. Um, whenever a client asks me like, Hey, can you do this thing, this kind of related skill that you don't actually have? I'm like, I could try you know? Um, and that's, it, it felt that way a lot in this project of, you know, having to, it, there, there aren't really, you know, we're all sort of the department heads of our own, you know, art illustration and design or sorry, uh, graphic design, game design and illustration. Um, but there weren't really any conversations that were cordoned off to, okay, only these people are allowed to participate. You know, it's, we are all using our best judgment and kind of figuring things out as we go and wearing different hats and giving different perspectives, um, mm -hmm. which, you know, I, I'm not sure how universal that, <laughs> that experience is with, with new entrepreneur uh, endeavors, but that's, that's certainly what it was like for us. Mm -hmm. So what about challenges? Are there, are there any challenges that have come up or that you've experienced that might be different from some of the other roles that you've been in? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, this is the smallest team that I've worked on so far. Um, not by only, only by, you know, three people, but that's, you know, of course, half the size of the, <laughs> the team that I've worked on previously. Um, so there was definitely a, um, with, with the, the Kickstarter deadline. Um, there's definitely a, you know, once you set that hard deadline of when you have to go to Kickstarter and there are only three hands, you know, we did have other help. Um, Alex's wife, Amy, who's amazing with doing a lot of, um, I guess, kind of production design, like overhead, getting things, making sure that we hit deadlines and stuff. Um, we had help in shooting our Kickstarter video. We had help in doing our website. Um, but really when it comes to getting the meat of stuff done, um, 
I had to be on top of the art uh, timeline and Alex had to be on top of all the, he took the marketing stuff um, and Kiki had to be on top of the design deadline. And sometimes there's just not enough hands um, mm-hmm. towards the end of the project. I started getting um, a repetitive stress injury in my hand from just, just painting so many hours of the day. And so I had to, I just had to, you know, push the timeline back and we had to try and deal with that. Um, and it didn't, you know, it didn't, we haven't really had any big explosions, you know, anything that just blew the project totally out of the water. But the fact that it is only, you know, being a one person department and having a hard deadline means that, you know, you're kind of, you just have to punch through it and make it work. Um, And, you know, in the past previously, I've been at, at the very least when you're in a team where everybody can wear each other's hats, you know, if it's not a, I, I could trust that somebody can do part of my job if I had to take a sick day, you know, um, but that really isn't, wasn't the case with this project. Um, and that kind of thing is it's, it's really engaging to me, but um, you know, I'm very glad that we now have the benefit of this, this Kickstarter for any projects we have moving forward to be able to kind of compensate for some of those crunches. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, the, the t- Alex and Kiki are incredible. Like we all, we all have the skin in the game. Oh, Oh, I have to tell you, I, I almost forgot one big explosion actually um, ended up working out. But we had, um, like I said, we got some help with the Kickstarter video. We had a team, um, as I, I'm not sure his last name, but Rob with Spacebar Video. Um, he did a great job with our video. Um, but he, they booked a time for Alex and some family members and a location to bring all their cameras out there and do the shoot for the video. Um, they booked a day. It was a hard stop. It was not going to work any other way. And we couldn't reschedule because, you know, that that was the day it had to happen. Um, we got our prototypes printed, but for some reason, they stalled in the mail. And the prototype that was supposed to be on camera, you know, that we're supposed to play with on the day and, and shoot was not going to be there until the day after. We only learned about this. Um, we had maybe 36 hours before the shoot was going to happen. And so um, Alex, he drove to the, um, he drove two hours, I think to the center where it was being, where the the prototype was being held, but it was not like a post office. It was like, you know, one of those big factories. So like you couldn't walk in there and get it. You know, we're all on the phone in the middle of the night. Like, Oh no, is it, is it, you know, Amy was was texting us updates and stuff. Wasn't going to be there. So um, I had a long road trip the day, the, following day. Um, Kiki had something the following day. Um, you know, Amy and Alex, everybody, we were all, we all had things to do, but when we found out that we weren't going to have the prototype for the video shoot, we just all were like, we can't, we have to make this. There's no way we have nothing to show for it. We have to fabricate our own prototype in like 24 hours. (laughs) And so, um, you know, Kiki and I have done um, conventions and art expos. So we have a little bit of experience fabricating our own, um, you know, like we'll make stickers and things like that, some paper crafts, um, getting things printed at the last minute, uh, you know, staples, super DIY. Um, and so we had Alex buy um, one of those, those craft cutters, uh, the silhouette cameo, the machines um, and make like our game has hundreds of components. And so Kiki and I, we were up until like three or four in the morning, like formatting all the stuff to get sent to him to be printed and to be cut. And like, it was just the, the energy that we all had of like, you know, there was a little bit of despair when we realized like we've been working so hard to get this prototype and get this video scheduled. And we thought it was going to look amazing. 
we're not going to get that anymore. But just, just a second, just a few moments before all of us went to snapped into like, okay, time, time to do the work, time to get in gear. You know, we, we're going to make something, we're going to do our best. It's going to be what it is, you know? Um, and that was just like the, something that could have been so disastrous, um, Mm -hmm. turned actually into, you know, we, as a team just said, we're going to get it done. You know, we, we don't accept that, you know, we, we're not just going to go, I don't know, we can't do the shoot tomorrow. Sorry. Um, we have to have something. Um, but so the good news, Alex finished, um, you know, I, like I said, I had that road trip the day, the day next, uh, the previous or prior, um, <laughs> up until like four in the morning, I got up like 9am and, you know, started driving, um, all day long, Alex was making this prototype. I was on the phone with him telling him how to work the machine, you know, all that stuff. And after he finished the prototype, very end of the day, gets a knock on his door. It's the post office. <laughs> the mailman's oh, here. Course. Box is here. <laughs> we got it. The prototype is here. Everybody, like the, the professionally done one that looks so much better than our DIY one is there. <laughs> and so, Alex, I mean, I, I didn't know whether to laugh or cry. I think I did both. <laughs> and, you know, we... Like I said, solid 36 hours of panicking and working so hard and, you know, putting in such great effort. And then Box just shows up um, earlier than any of the estimates said it would. You know, he was on the uh, phone with the post office, like trying to figure it out. No- nobody knew it was going to arrive, but there it is. Um, so, you know, our video, our shoot turned out great. You can actually see a couple of the DIY components that he made in the video, which like mm-hmm. I'm happy with. They don't look identical, but I'm like, no, we worked so hard to make those DIY components. They're going to be in the video. Um, but yeah, they're it was like, just they're good enough. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, I, I don't care what they look like. I want to be able to point at that and see, look, that's what we did. Um, but yeah, that the, you know, I, I knew the team was something special, but that moment of like, everything has gone wrong and that the Kickstarter video was so important. We thought it was going to mm-hmm. be horrible because you wouldn't have the real thing. But that moment mm-hmm. of like, we, Every single one of us had full right to, you know, throw a tantrum or to say, no, it's two in the morning. I can't do this. You know, I have a thing to do tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And nobody did. We were all so in sync with like, no, we have work to do. We're going to get the work done. Mm -hmm. That was it. That (laughs) is a key takeaway there, right? That showed just how resilient and imaginative you guys all were to come together at the last minute to develop another prototype. Yeah. I mean, even even though you knew it might not look like the the professional, like fancy, you know, finished mm-hmm. product, you still did your best to come up with something that you could use in this shoot that you cannot reschedule. It had to happen. And mm-hmm. you guys all worked together cohesively through the night to make that happen. That is a big indicator of a great team dynamic and resiliency. Not to mention the positivity there you said a word i can't you're like we couldn't say i can't you Mm -hmm. made it happen you went to how can we make it happen and that is a great determinant for your success (laughs) well thank you that that means a lot i you know it did feel kind of like a a cosmic reward when the real prototype showed up (laughs) on his doorstep Mm -hmm. was like you know i like I said, I didn't know whether to laugh or cry. Um, you know, and again, I think maybe a more negative, anybody more negative team member might be like, we just did all of this for nothing. It was like, mm-hmm. we, I, you know, 
I, I can't speak for Alex and Kiki, but you know, I feel um, I'm I'm proud of that work that we did, even though you know it it was not uh, it was the project in one frame of mind it was the project going horribly wrong. I still can feel proud of what we all did and what we came together to do, um, and you know, very grateful that that prototype did come through. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes it happens that way, right? You, you plan. For the worst and, and, and you do what you can do and then things happen to work out but you know what you can't depend on luck or what ifs you have to do what you have to do to make sure mm-hmm. that the outcome you want is the outcome that you get so either right. way you guys experience a positive out of that right you your team dynamic was tested your resiliency was tested operating under pressure because i can imagine having to work through the night to meet a deadline the frustration you can experience. Um, some folks don't work that well under pressure. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you know what your thoughts are on that. But to have three individuals having to scramble last minute like that, yes, anyone would could have thrown in the towel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I think Alex. I think you know, even though this is Alex's his baby, it's his you know brainchild and it's his project. Um, all of us do feel a real. Um, ownership of the project in a way. Like I said, it's, you know, the art and illustration, that's my department. That's my responsibility. You know, I get to say that's, that's my baby too. Um, and Kiki is the same way with the design. Um, and so I think we, we were all grateful to one another for having that same, you know, bringing that same amount of each other into it of like, you know, Alex is like, y'all, y'all could have thrown in the towel. And I'm like, no, I couldn't. I couldn't have, you know, I, we, I've worked so hard and they've worked so hard too. You know, it's, it's not just, if I were to step away and throw in the towel, you know, I, I wouldn't begrudge anybody, you know, working through the night, it's pushing, pushing your body. That's, you know, I, I wouldn't begrudge anybody making that decision to, you know, just let it be what it was. But Mm -hmm. for me personally, I had already put in so much work into making it look good. I felt personal responsibility for it. And I felt responsibility to do what I could for Alex and for Kiki's work to honor what they've brought to the project as well. Um, It's not just, even though I do feel ownership of it, it's not just my thing either. It's their thing too. And they're my friends and I want to help support them and uplift their work. Um, So yeah, it's, it's, I felt in a way, you know, I feel like I've, I'm thankful for them not, you know, taking that positive attitude and not taking it negatively. Um, Mm -hmm. But I also feel like I didn't have a choice, you know, Um, and I'm sure they feel the same way of like you, maybe, maybe you, you know, for other people, it would be a choice, but for me, it's, it's not, you know, you stay positive, you get the work done. Mm -hmm. Well, tell Alex and Kiki, I said, that is an amazing story. You guys did a great <laughs> job do. coming together and applause for the <laughs> Thank team you. dynamic. For, for Kiki and Alex, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, that story is inspirational. I mean, it, <laughs> guys, this is, I'm a mindset coach. So you know I'm all about positivity, reframing the negative. So I feel like this conversation is really just feeding my soul. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Not to mention, it's about dogs, right? It's about creating a game that is going to tackle several things. One of them being taking a dog from a shelter to their forever home. I mean, what more positivity, what more positive message could you ask for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking on 
the team dynamics, right? Obviously, from what I hear, it sounds like you guys are able to work cohesively even under immense pressure and, you know, deadlines, Mm -hmm. (laughs) last minute deadlines. Have there been any challenges? I mean, so I have an artistic background as well, Sarah. I actually have a bachelor's in media arts and animation. Oh, amazing. Surprising, right? (laughs) (laughs) And as I recall, when I was in the industry, it was predominantly male. And sometimes the dynamics could be a little bit difficult. Right now, you're working in a team of three, right, with Alex and Kiki. So I'm curious as to what your experience has been with the dynamic uh, in the team, as well as, you know, with other roles that you have had. Mm -hmm. So um, Alex is, uh, I promise I'm not just like gassing him up because I know he's going to (laughs) listen to the interview. Um, (laughs) He's, uh, you know, one of my favorite clients by far. Um, He's been very great about being sensitive to, you know, uh, uplifting our voices as women and making sure that, you know, we, we choose the people that we work with carefully. Um, you know, because you, you can't trust everybody to be cool about, you know, especially in the board game space, um, about there being women there. That's just how it is. Um, and so he's been, he's been great for, um, you know, listening to our feedback. Um, if we say maybe, you know, that's maybe this term is not the best to use, or, um, you know, maybe this, this board game person seems like he's maybe a little bit sexist. So, you know, you, you, you want to go and take that one. Um, he's, he's been great. Um, and our dynamic has been, um, very, like, like I said, we're all, you know, owners of our own, we're all department heads. Um, and so I have not felt, uh, in any way, like I'm, you know, having to fight for the right to be there. Um, not so with the larger board game space. Um, I am not a veteran board gamer. I was not really, um, I was only minorly aware of the space before I started on the project back in 2019. And so, um, you know, dipping my toe into the, uh, board gamer culture, um, you can definitely, you can definitely tell that women are there sort of, you know, not, not to get too depressing about it. Um, but women are there sort of provisionally almost like you have to earn your right to be in the conversation or you have to prove your expertise. Um, I have, you know, I, I, I don't know if I'm lucky for this experience, but you know, I've been in conversations with other, you know, men, specifically play testers where they kind of talk over you. They kind of pretend they can't hear you talking. You know, they don't give you space in the conversation and you really have to like, you know, elbow your way in um, until I drop my portfolio and they see my relative expertise as, you know, an artist, then they're interested in what you have to say. <laughs> um, you know, and so it's, it, it is something that you, it's kind of a current you're always swimming against, but um, having, you know, Alex and Kiki, obviously, you know, Kiki understanding um, it, having people, that will at least back me up and say, you know, like, yeah, you're not crazy. Those guys are being jerks. Um, or having people that will just, just have your back, you know, and let you know that you're not alone. And like I said, you're not crazy. Uh, makes all the difference in the world. Um, because there, I, I feel like I can tell that this potentially is optimistic. Um, but I can tell that the, that kind of mindset is starting to shrink a little bit. It's starting to go away. Um, you get, the more you shine a light on it, the more people will go ahead and say like, okay, this is a space where we stand up (laughs) for women. You know, Mm -hmm. if we hear somebody talking over them, that's not going to fly. Um, and having like having backup is so important in that. Um, yeah. (laughs) I'm so glad that you feel supported in your current environment and that you have had support in other periods as well. 
for the men who are listening, you know, I know that this is mostly for women out there. That's my audience. But for those of you males who are out there listening, please support your women, support your sisters, your mothers, your aunts, just any female energy around you. Make sure you support them, especially if you want to see the betterment, right? We want to make sure that women have a space to talk, that they feel safe in being able to talk. And your contribution in that is most appreciated and needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it definitely, you know, when I, when I meet men who very specifically, um, you know, I, in, in the board game space, it's a lot of, um, at least where I'm operating anyway, it's a lot of first timers, a lot of, you know, DIY guys who, you know, they're not necessarily used to working in big teams or they're not being the most professional all the time or thinking about, they're, they're just hanging out doing their thing. And so you do come across a lot of people who kind of speak without thinking. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a lot of sexist language baked into, you know, society or ideas. Um, and the, the best, well, I guess the best possible thing would be, you know, that none of us have to encounter sexism whatsoever. But after that, like, it's my favorite thing when I encounter someone who maybe does or says something sexist and takes, like, if I say something to correct, quote unquote, or to maybe be like, mm, maybe, maybe don't say that as much. If somebody is totally chill and like, oh, oh, sorry, you know, like my bad. And, and that's it. And it's not a big deal. And they don't make it seem like they're being attacked or, you know, if somebody who can just play it off, like, like they just made a mistake, like, you know, all people do, that is like, that changes everything. Now I'm on that person's side because like, mm-hmm. I know that that is not, that sexism is not something that they're holding on to. You know, they're like, how dare you take mm-hmm. away that thing that I just said? You know, it's something they're willing to change and they're not going to freak out and they're totally cool. And next time, if they do say something sexist, I'm not as upset by it because I know that that's not in their heart. You know, I'm not, I know that mm-hmm. that's not something they're trying to say to hurt. It's just that they're making a mistake and that's, that's all it is. And it's not a nefarious plot to, you know, oh, I don't want girls in my board game space, you know? Um, <laughs> So yeah, that's, I mean, like when an easy thing to do is just like, you know, just, let's just talk about it. Just be cool. And you know, I now, now I'm your best friend. <laughs> now I am so on your side and now I'm even more invested in helping continue to make the space that we're in like positive and safe and fun. Mm-hmm. That's a good approach to take and great advice for the audience, right? If we're all human. We all make mistakes. We can sometimes say something and the intent in which we're saying it doesn't translate. So make sure that you have these conversations to address anything that comes up, which may make you uncomfortable or to her point, you know, as a woman, a guy might say something sexist, have that conversation and try to understand if they're actually being sexist or if it was just a mistake on their end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Sarah, it has been great talking to you and learning more about the dogs bond game and the positive cause behind it. Uh, before I let you go though, how can folks connect with you and find out more about the game? Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, you can find me at sarahmillsart.com, S-A-R-A-H mills.com, um, or Sarah Mills art rather. Um, all of my social media is there. Um, I'm at Sarah Mills art on Twitter. Um, you can find all the information about the game at dogsbondgame.com. Uh, also a uh, dogs bond game for all socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, we're all over the place. Um, and again, pre-order information for dogs bond game, uh, at dogsbondgame.com. 
Thank you so much for sharing that, for sharing your story and your experience and coming on this platform to talk about, again, a game that one is super cute. If you guys haven't, you know, <laughs> heard about it, go to the site. It's super cute. Again, Thank you. positive cause, you know, it's a game where you interact as a dog to get adopted to your forever home. And they're partnering with shelters where part of the proceeds will go to those shelters. So, I mean, come on, guys. Again, how much more positivity do you need? <laughs> so, Sarah, I want to thank you again for coming on and sharing all of this with us and imparting, you know, your words of wisdom. Last thoughts thank before you. I let you go. Um, I no, I just thank you so much for having me. This has been such a great, uplifting conversation. <laughs> you are welcome. I enjoyed the conversation as well. And I'm so excited to see how you continue to develop. One of the things that I do, you know, as part of my podcast, I really try to support my fellow ladies. So I will be following your journey. I will connect with you on social media. And like I said, tell Alex and Kiki, one, I said hi, but also I'm so glad that they have such a positive environment that you're a part of and also a positive message that they're putting out into the world. Awesome. Yeah, I will do. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, guys. So as I always say, preparation, accountability, execution, and revolve are keys to your success. Until next time. So as you know by now, we're all about informing and empowering women. Well, now there's the addition of the She Is Fab shop where there is empowered fashion, printables, journals, mugs, and face masks. Check it out at www.sheisfab.net. That way you can purchase something for the lady, woman, or girl in your life. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 